Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Bob. Welcome to the second episode of Bobcast. I'm in the lounge. I'm not sure if it's quite midnight yet, but I'm sitting here with somebody. Tonight's guest is uh, my brother. His uh, name's Sam. Many of you know him, but tonight Sam and I are going to delve into the world of Bobcast, and we're going to talk about things that have some meaning, some, some say in this world. Subjects. Subjects, if you will. Top of my list tonight. Sam, if you will, I just want you to chime in a little bit. Tell me what you think about the current media situation and how Duck Dynasty's Phil is uh, the target of social media terrorists at the moment. That's a great question. That's a very great question. You know, I think that um, regardless of the subject that was at hand, you just you have to be careful about what you say to the press. You know, like you'd think that there'd be someone in the room that would be the one to say you probably shouldn't say that. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, a publicist? Like, well, like any celebrity that like, goes in the room, and basically, the celebrity, if it goes into the room, it has somebody whose job, somebody who gets paid, Sam, over $100,000 a year, more than anybody back home here makes in the East Coast, to actually watch, correct, edit, if you will, a celebrity's words. So my question for you, Sam, since, well, I guess some of you don't know out there, but Sam lives in Hollywood, California. What was the main mistake today, made that day? I'm sorry, excuse me. Well, you know, Bob, I think, I think it was a matter of, like, the lack of an, a, a human being in the room while that man said those things. I think that if you're going to be a celebrity, someone that is in the public eye, such as Paula Dean. I don't even know the name of the dude from Duck Dynasty, but the dude that shoots ducks and made a whistle. And who else? Who else is out there right now? I mean, those two seem to be the two leading candidates, but... You know, I have something I'd like to comment on that. Uh, One of the things that uh, I saw in the news recently that sparked my interest is my wife, she told me about this show called uh, John and Kate back in the day, and the guy's name was uh, John Goslin, if I remember correctly. And uh, now he lives in the woods. He has a job, uh, I think, that he does at home, and he has a gun. Recently, he uh, threatened paparazzi with his weapon. And then I recently saw in another Inquirer magazine, Shopping for Christmas, that uh, he's becoming very nomadic, if you will, like vigilant and like kind of unstable. Let me ask you a question, Sam. But before I ask you that question, let's pause real quick so we can get a word word in from our uh, advertisements here. Tonight's advertisement is we're supporting Whiskey Sours. Not any whiskey in particular, but just the drink in itself, the mixture. Great. It's a disguise. Um, Go ahead out to your bar right now and get it. Back to Sam. Sam, what do you think it is that uh, makes the, the celebrity go insane? Well, you know, I think that they they begin thinking, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. But then that greatness turns into, get the fuck off of me. Get away from me. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. And I think that sometimes if, if if the celebrity that grows to be celebrity is not gracious and accepting of human love, even if the person's psychotic, then they're pretty much doomed for a PR nightmare, such as the man from Duck Dynasty. You know? Especially if you come from a very bigoted part of the world. Let's talk about bigotry. That's a good subject. Let's just, you know, like here on Bobcast, we just like, you know, move through the current of ideas in this ocean of 
just thoughts, late night thoughts with like the select eight friends of mine that are listening. If you've gotten this far in <laughs> this Bobcast, <laughs> let's talk about bigotry and like why people hate. Like, what do you think people, what's the main reason people hate? You know, I think hatred probably stems from fear. Most of the time, people like to, to hate because it's a good feeling to hate. But why would anyone want to feel hate? Yeah, that's a good question. Why would anyone want that? I think it's to mask the existing feeling of fear. And I think it's kind of ironic that most of the homophobes in the world happen to be faggots themselves. Uh, in the midst of that um, conversation I was having with my brother, I thought of a character named Chief Brody. Brody just died on Homeland. If you watch the show Homeland, yeah, it's a spoiler alert, but you know what? <laughs> we got eight listeners, nine. <laughs> if Noel's still with me right now, make you give me a shout-out through text if you're with me doing this, Pat. Uh, catchphrase, for those of you out there who don't know, Chief Brody died on the show Homeland. And it's uh, supposedly continuing for another season, and I just can't believe where it's going to go. I, I personally say I wanted Brody to come out in a mask, get hung the fuck up up there. Uh, everyone in the crowd thinks he's dead, and then he's like on a plane back home, and the show continues. But it didn't. How do you feel about it? You know, as much as I wanted to see Brody live... What would next season be about? That they would have had to end the show if Brody lived. And they want to milk that fucker like a cow filled with milk that's worth a million dollars. They're going to want to keep pushing that shit till it sucks. Such as many shows. Like Lost. What do you think about time travel in Lost? Uh, Lost to me is a huge disappointment. Uh, I've recently started watching it on G4 late night and it's very, very... Just dribble. Like, uh, the first two seasons, great. After that, just a waste of advertisements and television. New subject. Uh, <laughs> this is Bobcast. It's uh, currently 11.13 p.m. on the East Coast. New subject would be... Uh, Sam, did you have a good Christmas? Well, you know, I'm going to drop the fake voice for this question. I gotta be honest, it was a very, it was a loaded emotion. You know, Christmas, I feel like, it makes you remember every year of your life. And it just is like a very nostalgic confusion for me. And it's not a bad thing, but I just think the holidays are so filled with sentiment. And those old songs really depress me. I know that people love them, but for me, they make me really sad for some reason. What do you think about sadness during the holiday of lights? <laughs> sadness to me is when I was trying to wrap my wife's Christmas presents with duct tape, crude scissors, terrible weather outside, and a side-splitting fucking headache. I'm not too good at wrapping. Wrapping to me is its just the most tedious task in the world. I can create things with my mind... But I cannot use my hands to wrap a fucking gift. Lem 14. <laughs> In the evening. My name is Bob. You're listening to Bobcast. Tonight we're listening to Heim. Days are gone. Let's take a little moment here and listen to the song Honey and I.
Bobcast sounds late night tributes cryptozoic men spider creatures quarters in the bottle looking at the lounge for those of you who don't know back at <laughs> in your homes who haven't visited my house the lounge is a room consisting of I guess uh, actually I'm going to ask my brother uh, Sam uh, describe this room for me well it's a very comforting feeling it's very 1973 um, there's just a warmth to it. There's plaid rugs, wood paneling, just brown and red in a very 70s way. And lots of comic books. And to keep out the draft, there's saran wrap around the windows. It's a very nice warm room all around. Saran wrap uh, on the windows is something my wife, Teresa invent it she basically went out to ups uh excuse me home depot uh lowe's if you will and was like you know what i got this great idea i want to saran wrap my windows but guess what somebody else had that idea and we bought that material i might have helped out a little bit not much and uh basically my house is a little bit warmer this winter we're hoping your uh, house right now is a little warm. New track on the deck. This is LCDA. LCD sound system. <laughs> LCD sound system, Sam. Well, let's talk about it. They broke up before we got a chance to see them. How do you feel about that? I was actually fortunate to see them oh, open did? for Arcade Fire at the oh. Hollywood Bowl in 2007. Really? And it was a very... I just remember seeing a girl with them that's not a permanent member. And she was... Um, was she, uh, was she a keyboard player? She must have been a keyboard player. Was she, she was, was she, uh, an Asian American? She was. Yeah, she's, she was in the, the video. I uh, I basically became a fan of uh, LCD through a documentary I saw on Netflix. And then from what I know, she is an original member of the band. So wait, Hollywood Bowl, LCD sound system, my first question, how long was the set? Honestly, I had an edible before the festivity, and I was completely wasted. And I started in nosebleed and wound up in a box office with six people who I had no idea who they were, but they let me come in until a security guard busted the show. Well, our our booth. A box office? Do you, do you mean like a box office like where they sell tickets? No, like it was like a little cubicle that was close to the stage where people, I guess, paid for this cubicle. That was close to the stage. Oh, wow. And I just pretended to be, like, wandering up close, and somehow I went up there. But then this lady came and broke it out while the show was still going. So then I went to the top of the stage, or the top of the, like, the stadium. Wait, the Hollywood Bowl, right? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. But it just ended with me alone listening to my body as a cage, which is kind of a depressing sign. They're a well, depressing with, band, with I love Arcade them. Fire? Yeah. But enough about my experience. What am I saying? Moving on through Bobcast. My name's Bob. 11.18 p.m. in the evening. If you're still with us, <laughs> you are not alone. New topic. We're going to talk about uh, holiday Christmas movies. Uh, a couple of the big ones out this uh, winter. The Wolf on Wall Street. American Hustle. Frozen, the animated feature, which uh, the kids tell me is awesome. 
Uh, any movies you're looking forward to, Sam? You know, I really want to see Wolf on Wall Street. I got to say, I saw American Hustle, and I liked it. And it was very strange to see it with my parents, because anytime there was like a very sexual scene, I felt like an eight-year-old again, where it was just like inappropriate to see this with my parents. And it just felt very vulgar, especially when Amy Adams' ass is out in a bathroom stall while Bradley Cooper is about to, like, put it, you know, places. And it was just, it was, I was sitting next to my mother, and it felt very wrong. Uh, quick question. Uh, where was mom sitting, uh, in, you know, in accordance with you, and where was dad? Who were you sitting next to? Well, it was pretty crowded, considering it was the day after Christmas. And there was not many seats, so we had to sit, like, four seats away from the screen. So we were, like, nosebleed. Uh-huh. And... What do you mean, like, nosebleed, like, you were really high up in the air? You were really high up in the air? Like, where were oh, you? Oh, no, I meant... I, that was, I shouldn't have said that. I meant to say, like, neck craning. Worst. You know, where you're, like, up... And mother was sitting to the left, and father was to the the left of mother. Oh, you were in the middle. No, 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 I was on the far. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about um. I, in general, I just really have a big problem with going to the movies where I can't sit where I want. I have a big problem when someone sits in front of me. Like, if, uh, it feels like my body, my skin is ready to explode. I don't know why. It has nothing to do with that person. It's just my viewing experience is then jeopardized. Um, like a movie like The Wolf on Wall Street. Like, uh, basically for me, I, I, I mean, I just kind of, I really want to see it, but I want to watch it in the confines of my own home because a movie that long, three hours, is just too much. Plus previews, popcorn, parking. I mean, like the planning of it, like going on net or uh, movie phone. It's an experience of worrying. Uh, it's not relaxing. How do you feel about movies in the future, Sam, just being able to be uh, purchased VOD? Well, I think that they're, I, I think that they're going to create theaters where you can start to smell things, and then it's going to get more and more realistic to where you're in the movie, and then you just are basically in like a... I think it's just going to eventually become more and more escapism with technology. And eventually, it's just going to corrupt people, but also help people. It's just going to become more, um, you know, like futuristic. Futuristic. And gyms will have, like, exercise rooms with, like, movie panel walls. And they'll, like, think that they're, like, running places. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think about the year 2083? I'll be an old man. And I've hoped to uh, accomplish many things. Have a large family. And uh, have a hat made out of straw. This is Bob and you're listening to Bobcast. 11.22pm in the evening. A new topic. Uh, continuing with the trend of uh, just basically uh, all good things Martin Scorsese. In front of me on my computer screen is the script for The Wolf on Wall Street. And uh, I think it would be a little fun right now if maybe I read a couple lines of Jordan Belfort, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and perhaps my brother could uh, do a little bit of reading as well. 
My name is Jordan Belford, a former Boy Scout raised by two accountants in a tiny apartment in Bayside, Queens. By age 26, I was on top of the world, making $50 million a year as the head of my own brokerage firm. By 32, I was a drug addict, sex addict, and white-collar felon with three different federal agencies preparing to indict me. I mean, basically, that's the fucking teaser right there. That's the trailer. All right, if you haven't seen The Wolf on Wall Street, we recommend it. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to uh, my guest right now, and basically, at this hour, (laughs) 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 I like to have them engage me in conversations as if I was interviewing them and ask a question or two. Um, You can call this Ask B.O.B. with the Bobcast crew. Leo, Peanut, Teresa, Buddha, Cryptozoic Man. My guest, Sam Cahill. This is Bobcast, and what you're about to hear is a segment that is called Ask B.O.B., where basically I'm going to ask Bob a question, and his response is going to be then filling your ears. Bob, if you were psychotic, what is the first felony that you would commit? Automatically, when I hear the question, I think of the game Grand Theft Auto. And I think about robbing somebody out of a car. Or, excuse me, jacking them, if you will. I am a Caucasian male. If you haven't met me in person. Uh, taking their car and racing down the highway. And I've always wanted to run away from the cops. When I was a kid, I used to run away from the cops on foot quite a bit. And uh, it was a fond memory of my youth. I really enjoyed the rush of getting away from the law. Awesome. Question two. If you were an animal that could fly, and someone caught you, clipped your feathers, and put you in a cage, what would you do next? When I think of cages, I think of rats. And if I'm a rat in a cage, the only thing I can say is... Smashing Pumpkins. The 90s. Getting back to the swing of things. I never smashed pumpkins, but uh, I did smash a mailbox or two. And I guess bird cages and imprisonment reminds me of my youth. And being just pissed off. Like no one else fucking knows how I feel. Bobcast, 11.26 p.m. That was uh, Ask B.O.B. Flipping the script, before we leave you tonight, we're going to read a little bit more of the script. Sam will be playing the role of Scott Mullen, and I'll be Jordan Belfort. Uh, We're going to take LCD sound system out of the background here and just give you a little bit of just straight dialogue. An express bus pulls up. Its sign reads Wall Street. Jordan. It was the height of the bull market of the 1980s, and I just married Denise, a beautiful Italian girl who cut her hair in the neighborhood. My Uncle Gene helped me land a trainee job at F.L. Rothschild. And, uh, I've only been there six months. I'd be a stockbroker on the road to respect. You are lower than 
fucking pond scum. You got a problem with that, Jordan? Nope. Not at all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a happy new year. I hope to have podcast, or excuse me, Bobcast episode 3 coming at you soon. Tonight's guest I'd like to thank one more time is my brother Sam in the lounge tonight, as always, Leo Peanut. Teresa, Buddha, Cryptozoic Man, and some uh, comic books. My name's Bob. I'll see you next time. <laughs> I know, we gotta get a little outfit music. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs>